0: This is Joshua Holland for The Nation. I'm speaking with David Chipman. David was formerly an ATF SWAT agent, uh, and he's now a senior policy advisor with the Giffords Courage Campaign. David, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. David, let me ask you this: if you're if you're someone who doesn't follow this closely, and you hear Donald Trump saying, "Let's arm school teachers." What is the problem with that? You you think well, look, we have this problem with schools. We're not going to post policemen in every uh, classroom. Why not train them? Why not send them to the range? Make sure that they're proficient with their weapons, and um, and hope that they can they can stop the next ma- massacre. Uh, w- w- what is the problem with that? Yeah. So let me break it
1: down a couple of ways. I guess the first thing I would um, want to explore is what the president really said is the presence of guns in the hands of teachers would serve as a deterrent. And and deterrence is something I believe in in policing. I think in in certain respects it does work. The problem is that at least with the school shooter we were dealing with here and other mass shooters, um, it was described by the president that he also thought that this person suffered from severe mental illness and, as we know, most mass shooters, it's basically a suicide attack. So that's when deterrence falls apart. If you're willing to die, um, you know it, it's tough to imagine that a deterrence would work. So let's explore, though, like like let's say that it isn't a deterrent, but perhaps the outcome could be better. so so you're right, i I, I was a trained SWAT team member for ATF. Um I, in fact, was issued a Semi automatic AR 15 um, during my duties. So I I know what that gun can do. And I know the type of training um, that I had just to be proficient at shooting and to also be proficient at when the chips were down, actually killing another human being. And I'll get back to that. But I also have some expertise in teaching because my father is a mathematics professor. Now, my dad and I are very different people. For instance, um, for his birthday, I bought him a gift. And that gift was this device that caught bugs on the wall of his house so that he could let them go outside of his house. So this is a person who's wired just like not wanting to kill anything. And I think that although that's funny, it's interesting how people assume that everyone is capable of killing another human being. And the research just shows that's not true. There's this famous book written called On Killing by David Grossman, who studied um, how training in the military has evolved over the years because they used to qualify shooting at round targets. And what they found in like World War II and earlier battles, that many people did not fire their guns. And even when they fired their guns, they would purposely fire over the enemy. And so they had to train people to actually shoot at targets that look more like humans. And that's why police qualify today on targets that aren't round but are uh, shaped like humans. And so I think that unless you are trained and you're trained over and over again and you practice like you play, which means you're trained in simulated life or death environments, the likelihood of you even firing your gun and then the fact that that gun would actually hit someone who's a moving target surrounded by other moving targets is just any trained operator knows the fallacy in that. that, that that's highly unlikely um, that it would turn out well. Now, there's a limited case like, you know, the, the, the pro-gun people say this. Well, what happens if you're lined up against a wall and people are being slowly executed one at a time? Would you want a gun? Okay, well, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, of course, I would. But, you know, that's not really the scenario we're talking about.
0: I want to really stick on this. Um, You you referenced that we had spoken before. I I interviewed David for a piece that I wrote a couple of years ago. It's at the nation.com. It's called um, Tactical Experts Destroy the NRA's Heroic Gunslinger Fantasies. There is a natural human stress reaction that Law enforcement and the military, you trained on this when you were with the ATF's version of the SWAT team, that the military and, and law enforcement train extensively to overcome a natural reaction to moments of extremely high stress. You have adrenaline coursing through your body, and it makes it very difficult to respond in a effective Um, smart manner. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, well, sure. Um, When you're in a life or death uh, encounter, you know, your blood goes to your major organs, and there's a lot of tunnel vision that you get. And when you train repeatedly under similar conditions, uh, I think 30, 40 years ago, they would put you under stress by actually physically hurting you. I think they'd, you know, rough you off a bit. I mean, the stress I went through is, is they'd exhaust you because being very tired is similar to stress. So they wouldn't let you sleep for like 12 hours or they'd wake you up in the middle of the night and, and force you to do something, you know, high risk like this. Um. We also trained where we were fighting, uh, uh, you know, simulated uh, situations where we were firing live ammo around each other. And I can tell you that there's a difference in how you respond to a situation where you know what you're firing is paintball and you know what you're firing are real bullets. I mean, it just changes everything. Um, and so those are some of uh, the things. I think, too, you have to understand the element of fear. Um, And this has more to do with not people who are forced to do something because they're caught in the middle, like they're about to get shot. But we saw that, you know, one of the officers there, there's been some criticism that he didn't act as certain people thought he should. I can just tell you that the, the fear involved in doing these operations is something that every individual deals with on their own terms i'd say law enforcement doesn't really provide much law enforcement support to how to deal with these things beyond training and cops are really good at drinking together and telling stories but they never really talk about what's really going on um for me personally part of my story is to get through these operations i had this sort of and i've never talked about this before but sir it was, you asked the question but um you know, this sort of this this way in which I would actually pretend that I was already dead. And in that way, I had the courage to do what I needed to do to safely protect my team and do the operation. Now, how many other people do that? I don't know. I can just share my own experience. But I can just tell you that the movies in real life is so absolutely different um, that it concerns me that we have a president um talking about things that are way beyond his scope of qualifications
0: yes and remember he um got multiple deferments to from vietnam not that i would slight anybody from doing that but the the idea that he he knows what he's talking about on the subject is uh pretty ludicrous what is tunnel vision what, what what is that what is that what's the practical effect of coming down with tunnel vision by the way let me let me just point out that I spoke to some other experts for that same piece, and the the majority of people, when they experience extreme stress for the first time, even when they have that training, um, is that they freeze up. Yeah,
1: it can happen. That's why, like, um, and I'll answer both of your questions. But I know early in my career, we used to shoot at stationary targets, and there would be scores recorded, and then you know people rightfully said, well, like, like how many times do you you know, shoot at people who are standing still. And then we started moving to shooting in ranges that were dark because most shootings happen at night. And we started shooting on the move where we'd actually have to be running and shooting or the target would be moving. And then even more advanced training. And it sounds funny, but we would actually use paintball because, you know, when you're getting shot at, <laughs> And they used to in Michigan, the big thing is our trainers would freeze the paintballs, which would mean when they hit your skin they would split your skin and I can just tell you when you're seeking cover from which to fire from, you don't want to be hit by these things, but you need to simulate the real conditions and so that's another thing we're talking about. I mean most people practice they're not having um, you know rounds of ammunition zinging past their head um the issue of tunnel vision is what your body does because of this increased blood flow. You lose your peripheral vision and you only see that which you're focusing on. And the problem becomes you become hyper focused on that one target and you don't see like innocent victims nearby or you don't see other offenders because sometimes people act alone or you don't see your partners who might be coming there. And so it's a very dangerous thing that through breathing and just practice, you need to overcome because it can be, you know, it can put you in a situation where you not only don't shoot your correct target, but you hit unintended people.
0: Now we should acknowledge that as you did, obviously there are occasional situations where it is proper if you are armed to intervene, but for the most part, law enforcement, counsels people not to intervene in an active shooting situation unless you're immediately in front of the shooter and have um you know a a, a very clear cut um shot and then you should put your weapon down immediately why is that
1: well I mean, for a host of reasons and, and that's a good point actually law enforcement receives training discouraging them at, at least um you know initially unless it's you know clear and imminent danger not to act with your gun off duty in a situation that rather be a good witness because there's so many incidents where off-duty officers are trying to um you know uh for you know render aid or defuse a situation they're actually killed by law enforcement in fact john capano who was the last atf agent killed in the line of duty uh had that happen to him it was new year's eve uh, he was going to a pharmacy to pick up prescription for his father. Um, he walked into the middle of a prescription robbery. He engaged um, this robber, um, got into a fight with them, uh, had his weapon drawn, and another off-duty cop shot and killed him.
0: Um, I mean, if so you...
1: there's, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, you go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I was I was just going to say that you know these have real uh, consequences. And it's one of those things that, especially in public safety, it's it, it, some, it, some aspects of it is, are, are like being a doctor. You never want to do harm. You don't want to be trying to do good and escalate or make a situation worse. And it seems to me that in teachers, this idea of putting a gun in their hands is really... Um, almost giving up in this issue. The time that we needed to focus on the shooter in Florida was every moment prior to him exiting his Uber with a military-style assault rifle. And, And what I mean by that is all of the warning signs, how we regulate guns in America, his mental health condition, and what do we do to help them, those were all of the opportunities to be heroes and save the day Not after he began shooting, because we know once the shots are fired, things move so quickly um, that even trained people cannot react quick enough to actually stop the shooting from occurring. And how do we know that? Just look at the assassination attempt of Ronald Reagan, surrounded by trained Secret Service officers, Um, you know, professionals from the D.C. Police Department. The damage was already done before they could even draw their weapons. In um, Texas, where we had that massacre at the church, it really wasn't until that person exited the church that a trained civilian took action, but the killing had already occurred. Like, I want to live in a world where we stop the, the murder, the homicides, this carnage, before it ever happens in the first place. Um, Nevada in Las Vegas is another example. I saw reports that there were 200 off-duty police officers from California attending the concert. We know that there were officers responding into the hotel and armed security in the hotel. That, that's the biggest mass shooting in history. So I don't think it's an absence of guns that are ever going to make our country safer. It's more reasonable um, regulations that help us keep guns from getting out of the hands of these people who want to do us harm.
0: Um, let's turn to that briefly. We only have a few more minutes, but, and and I don't want to get too wonky in the weeds, but just generally speaking, one, one thing that I find about this debate is that it seems to me that we need a comprehensive approach. And, I think that the discussion often gets derailed when you mention mental health. For example, people think that that means that you're um, you're trying to avoid the issue of, say, banning assault weapons or other forms of gun control. We don't really approach it in this comprehensive way that we do with other public health issues. You know, when they when they introduced seat belts. They didn't stop making cars safer. Um, It decreased the fatalities of of accidents dramatically, but they kept working to make vehicles safer and safer. And now your chances of surviving a a vehicular crash are a fraction of what they once were. What are some of the, the measures that the Giffords Courage campaign are advocating right now?
1: Well, I love your conversation about this culture of safety. I grew up just north of Detroit, so I'm very aware of the period by which, as a child, I grew up um, riding in a car without seatbelts, with both my parents smoking Paul Malls, and I think I was sitting over the gas tank, to where <laughs> we are today, right, where we have mandatory seatbelt laws, um, we have airbags, um, and we have other sensors that help us drive safe and it's actually become cool to buy a safe car so cars are marketed as being the safest and and that has evolved over several decades and so i do believe uh, at giffords you know i'm a concealed carry owner mark kelly is a combat war veteran uh even gabby has a naval warship filled with guns named after we are not anti gun what we are is we recognize all too well how lethal guns can be in the wrong hands and how accidental shootings and other things can, you know, I- impact this country and, and families in a bad way. So we do um, have programs where we want there to be more focus on what are smart technologies, what are different technologies that can make guns safer, um, you know, to, you know, visible signs that a gun would show that it's loaded um, from ways to lock up your gun easily um, to just securing guns in your car. One of the biggest things that is happening uh, to law enforcement today is as more people are carrying guns outside their home. uh, They're leaving them unsecured in cars and then they're easily stolen. And then those guns are used in crime. Um, My boss in Detroit retired from ATF. And within two years he was walking his door, a dog outside in Northern Virginia. And he was murdered with a gun by someone who had stolen it from a car two blocks away. So that these are real things that happen to real people. And I think that people will do the right thing if it becomes the cultural norm, sort of like don't drive drunk, you know, that kind of thing, you, you lock up your car, and when it's sort of cool and easy, you know, so uh, if I have a device that I know I can put my gun, and if I really need it, I just put my fingerprint on it, and I can get the gun every time, that's sort of cool, and I think more people will do it. Um, unfortunately, the gun lobby sees safety as a potential mandate, and they just oppose any regulation or mandate whatsoever as a matter of principle, and so that's what we're up against. But I think the more we get cops like me and veterans and other gun owners saying, hey, look, I like my rights to have a gun, but I know how dangerous it is and I want to make it safe. I think we're getting progress.
0: I think another piece of this that's important is that the gun lobby says that they are OK, to, you know, trying to with efforts to keep guns out of the wrong hands. And that's they pay lip service to that. They oppose every single measure to do so. And I think that an important point component of this is not only closing the so-called gun show loophole which is not necessarily just gun shows it allows uh, individuals to transfer weapons between them uh, without a background check but also these red flag laws that say look we're going to empower law enforcement that when somebody is identified as a threat at least on a temporary basis we can go in and take their guns and there, there's a number of things that just seem like common sense for example There's a number of disqualifying mental illnesses um, that will disqualify you from purchasing a handgun, uh, purchasing a firearm. But when you show up at an emergency room having a mental health crisis and you're given a 72-hour emergency hold and and a doctor, a psychiatrist, says you are a threat to yourself and others, there is no way in most states for law enforcement to intervene in that and make sure that you don't have guns, things like that need to be part of the bigger picture. And and that's why, again, I say we need a comprehensive approach. It's not either or, it's, it's yes and. We need to deal with the culture. Um, I believe that we should ban military-style weapons um, with high-capacity magazines that result in greater body counts when other systems fail and these shootings do go down. I think we had need to look at it from all of these different angles at the same time. David Chipman, I really thank you for taking the time to speak with me I, especially on short notice. Um, I really appreciate your expertise and and, um, and and wisdom on this on this topic.
1: It's always a pleasure.